It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and it's time to look ahead because if we don't, we might get hurt. Everybody got hurt in week seven, so it's time to kind of push that aside for a moment. Look ahead to week eight. We had some returns in the league also, most of which did bear some fruit. We're going to talk about all of those and more right here on the podcast today. Of course, Pat Fitzmorris is joining us. Matthew Friedman joining us. Matthew already staring very intently at the stats. You know already he's got a lot to say. Things have been burning inside of him for the last 12 hours. So let's get it all out. Before we do, I want to remind you all we come to you from BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. That's our sponsor. Download that BetMGM app right now and go ahead and start placing your bets. Uh, gentlemen, let's just kick things off here and just jump right into the pool because we have got the Baltimore Ravens facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and oh my goodness maybe oh maybe Tom Brady stayed at the dance too long the Buccaneers are at home they are one point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens as they should be with the way they've played of late 43 and a half is the number if you like the Tampa Bay Bucks on the money line it's even money so Matthew Friedman let's start with you Tom Brady and company I don't know if they're missing the Bruce Arians factor I don't know if they just thought that things were going to be handed to them I don't know what's going on but when you lose to the Steelers Use the Carolina Panthers back-to-back weeks is going to take its toll in Vegas on you. So do you believe this is enough of a toll or do you think that the Ravens should be favored by more? Okay. So a couple of general statements on the show for the past few weeks, I've sort of had this like, Oh, I wish I would have gotten on this line sooner type of thing. It was this and look ahead and I didn't. So this, this past weekend, I was super aggressive embedding look ahead lines when I thought I had an edge based on my projection. So in the look ahead market, this was Baltimore plus three and I bet it. So like now my perspective is probably skewed because I'm just like, whatever, I don't care on this game. I, I got the best of the line. I'm just sitting here, but I think this number, and maybe I've been slow to adjust, but I think this number is off. I, I still think Tampa Bay should be a slight home favorite. I have this uh, 0.5, minus 0.5 for Tampa Bay at home. That said, like I wouldn't feel good about betting it right now, but this this did open on the early Sunday night line at one and a half. It has moved down to one at, at most books, so it is starting to move towards Tampa Bay, which I think is the right movement. But that said, like in a big picture sense, Baltimore looks like the better team. And I have this going slightly towards Tampa Bay, but I don't feel good about that at all. Now, speaking of returns, Gus Edwards comes back here for the Baltimore Ravens. Finally, the Ravens hold on to a lead by the skin of their teeth, basically. So, Pat, it's hard to have a lot of confidence in either of these teams right now, but it does feel like the Ravens are the better squad at this point. What are your thoughts on this line early on? Yeah, maybe they're a little better and um, they've played a lot of close games, so they're kind of battle tested. But this is the spot where I kind of like to take a team coming off that humiliating game. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the Bucs have been a little overvalued. They have been uh, ranked fairly high in people's power rankings all season. They're, they're still sixth in DVOA, though. So this Buccaneers team as bad as they were and as flat as they came out against the Panthers. And and maybe they just thought they were going to be able to, to uh, you know, walk away with a victory without much effort in week seven. They're still good enough to do something about this uh, bad taste of defeat in their mouth. So I agree with Friedman, like in the early projections, I mean, I've got Tampa as a one point favorite here. So uh, I kind of am inclined to take them and it'll at a line this small. I'm probably just going to take them on the money line. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I think we'll get a better performance from them in week eight than we got in week seven, which mm-hmm. would be, uh, you know, hard to hard to pull off a stink bomb quite of that ma- magnitude two straight weeks. I feel like if we replay last week's show, though, we said the same thing when they lost in Pittsburgh and we thought, well, it's OK, we're going to go beat the Carolina Panthers. And well, that didn't really wash the stink off. Now, did it, it just got worse? Let's get to the next one on here. We've got the Denver Broncos. We assume without Russell Wilson, I can only imagine it's going to be a few weeks for him. Mark, uh, Mark Rippon's uh, nephew, I believe it is, Brett Rippon, uh, under center yesterday, not good enough against the Jets. The Jacksonville Jaguars had their opportunity, just kind of fell a little short uh, at the goal line there. Jacksonville falls to two and five. Denver is a two and five. This one's in Jacksonville. Four and a half is the numbers on the Jacksonville side. They are the favorites at home, <clears throat> as they should be at this point. Now, the Denver defense is pretty solid. The number is 40. And if you like the upset, Denver is plus 170 on the money line. Pat, when you look at this one here, uh, that number 40 really jumps out to me. Uh, It feels like an under, but is that an illusion? Sorry, just quick point of order. This game is actually at Wembley. It's uh, it's oh, one of London games. It's a London game. But My apologies. Second home. Second home. I was going to say, it, I was say yeah. although it might be more of a home field advantage yeah. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. My apologies. You're 100% right. Uh, it's at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, by the way. So, Again, the Jacksonville Jaguars in their second home, London. My apologies. Uh, so, Pat, same question. The 40. Is it low enough? Yeah, we might get bacon with our breakfast next Sunday, but we will not get offense with our breakfast uh, <laughs> next Sunday. So, uh, yes, Joe, I, I feel the same way. Like, at this number, I have no interest in uh, betting this game. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of interest in Denver. It seems like uh, this is skewed a bit too much towards the Jaguars and giving them I don't know, a little too much credit, but I don't know how this game gets to 40 because both of these teams are so much better defensively than they are offensively. And, uh, you know, even though I, I don't know that there's a discernible drop off from Russell Wilson to Brett Rippon at this point, like especially, though, if it's Rippon, I'll, I'll feel even more confident about betting the under here. And I'm kind of surprised they set it as high as 40, uh, realizing they, you know, we may may well again can get Brett Rippon in week eight. So I don't know. Don't think this one gets to 40. Uh, how about you, Friedman? Uh, I, and it's uh, funny, I made a mistake, but really your correction is something we should all consider. This is kind of like their second home. I mean, they do have a fan base out there in Jacksonville. I might even wonder if this is more of an energetic feel for the Jaguars that is playing in Jacksonville at times, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a big, giant venue. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance around it when they show up. So do you think actually that has any advantage here for the Jaguars with that four points? Maybe I did like I did toy with the idea of actually giving them a home field advantage because they do play in London every year. But there's like there's no continuity in terms of like the coaching staff. So I just it still doesn't feel like it should be a home field advantage. But I I definitely took in the look ahead, which is, that'll be a common refrain, uh, under 40 and a half. Uh, I, I think this is an under game. I have this projected at, let me see, 38.4. So I do think there's value here on the under, even at the line of 40, which we see now. Uh, I would definitely, that's the way I would be approaching this because I, man, I don't want to be betting on the Broncos. And that is where I do see a little bit of value here. And that's assuming that it's it's Rippon instead of uh, Russell Wilson. But I I don't want to be betting on them. I did that last week. I did that last week and I hated myself for it. And I rightfully hated myself for it. I'm not doing it again. I, I swear to you, for the rest of the year, I am not betting on the Broncos. I don't even think, I think last year, last week, I should say, I don't think he had enough confidence in that Jets defense. It's the Jets defense, baby. Three levels of the D. 
Quinn Williams, CJ Mosley, Sauce Gardner. There's not a lot of teams that have somebody who's a stud at each level of the defense. And when you have that, that's a really big deal. And, you know, I, I can't believe that I'm like the defender of the Jets on this show every week. I don't know how that ever happened, but my goodness, I'm embarrassed. All right, let's get to the Carolina Panthers coming off their second win. That's right, second win of the year against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are three and four. I know this is the most exciting game of the week that you've all got circled. Uh, the Falcons are six and a half point favorites at home. 41 and a half is the number. If you like the Panthers, just keep rolling. Uh, plus 215. Now, we don't know if we're going to get Sam Darnold back in this game, and I don't know if that makes a difference or not. But I don't know about you, Friedman. This one seems off to me. Six and a half is a lot of juice on the side for the Atlanta Falcons, a team that I know sometimes they show up and other times they don't. And when they don't, it gets ugly. I feel like this is a little bit too much respect. What are your thoughts here? Maybe. I don't know where Fitz has it. I have this at 6.25, so very close. This is one of the few games where I, I don't have a position and I don't really anticipate taking a position because I, I think Carolina, they they were the right side last week. I did have a bet on them. Uh, I'm not really buying it two weeks in a row. Uh, I think it will be P.J. Walker who starts for them. Uh, he, you know, he executed the offense better than we've seen any quarterback execute the offense for them this year, which doesn't bar, say though. much, doesn't bar, say yeah. much, but it, it says something at least. So I think he gets another start, but uh, I'm not really desirous to be betting on either of these teams and the total 41, I have it at 40.7. So in the same neighborhood, this is one of the few stay away games for me. Pat, are you of the same mind? Bit of a stay away for you on the side. Yeah. On the total, I like the under. Um, (laughs) like the, the Panthers with no Christian McCaffrey, uh, it it was like they had a jolt before the, uh, you know, one of those things where maybe rigor mortis doesn't set in for uh, a little while (laughs) until after. So, um, yeah, like I, I don't know. This is another one. I just like, how does this game get to 40, especially when we saw how stubborn Arthur Smith is about sticking to the run, like get quickly getting down double digits, uh, in week seven and just like refusing to throw Marcus Mariota still attempts what 13 passes. So, uh, this game is definitely going to play to a certain script and you can bet the Panthers aren't going to be pass heavy either. Um, yeah, this seems like it's going to be a quick game. Uh, mercifully for anyone who actually has to watch it. <laughs> okay, you know what? I will I will second Pat's statement on this. If it's anything for me, it's the under. It's under or nothing. Yeah. It sounds and, like and, if it's anything for you guys, it's actually the rushing props of this game. Look for Algier, <laughs> look for Foreman, especially if Chuba's out. Yeah, yeah. And Friedman, you you asked uh what I had said it. I mean, I've got it at exactly six and a half. So I don't see any value here, but I've I've got the total projected at 39. So I definitely see value there. So mad, Pat, because two weeks ago, I thought we were going to get the Carolina Panthers coaching firing bounce, but instead we got the bounce after the Christian McCaffrey trade. It's just a week behind. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like they're going through this trauma and it's kind of hard to, to figure out where it's, like they're going to be psychologically. Exactly. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, DJ, Moore, DJ Moore, finally, we, we saw something finally, out And he him. almost yeah. died doing it. Too. Yeah, I know. Poor DJ Moore. I mean, I was so worried about him. I was like, great. He got it at what cost? There he is laying on the ground there right under. I mean, he was practically underneath the stadium there in the corner of there after the end zone. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's get to the next guy here. It's the uh, the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears. We'll see what they bring to the table in New England tonight. But it's uh, regardless, we're going to look ahead. They are 10-point underdogs traveling to Dallas. The Cowboys pick up a victory after a sluggish start to the game. Things started to click. Uh, Zeke had some good run in this game. Dak started to shake the dust and the rust off. So they are 10 point favorites. Big number 42 and a half is the over under. Uh, Pat, let's start with you on this one here. 10 is a big number. 
do you think the Dallas Cowboys are up to this task? Because defensively, they've been very strong this year. And now with Dak back, it certainly looks like points are also now on the table. Yeah, I mean, I I do think this is uh, a number still as big as it is. I don't think it's big enough to go any other way, but mm-hmm. on the Cowboys here. And it's just two teams in, in very different modes. And I think the Bears are just kind of, uh, you know, they are in a clear rebuild here. Uh, Dallas has been like playing fantastic, feeling great about themselves, even when they lost to, you know, their division rival, the Eagles in week six. Uh, they did so kind of respectably like getting digging a hole for themselves early, coming back late, took care of business in week seven. And man, I mean, we saw this defense just totally harass Jared Goff yesterday. The the Cowboys, they're number one in the league in sacks. They're number one in the league in pressures. I mean, they are just making life hell for opposing quarterbacks. And we've seen that the Bears have like maybe the worst offensive line in the league. Like as little as they have thrown this year, Fields is still under constant duress whenever yeah, he throws, he even though, you know, the, the defense is not like has no reason to prepare for the pass. Like the, the Bears are so ridiculously run heavy, but I just like I don't see how the Bears do any business on offense against this Cowboys defense. Yeah, especially Michael Parsons and Marcus Lawrence breathing down your throat. Uh, now, thinking about this, too. Tonight, should they have an embarrassing showing against the Patriots, this number could grow. Friedman, is this the time to jump on the 10 before it goes to 11? I actually bet this the other way. and I, I bet it at 10, uh, thinking because I have this projected at 9.5. So, you know, I, I will do whatever I can to bet against the Cowboys. It's, again, I, I have disease, uh, and I'm saying this is a Cowboys fan. Um, but, you know, this is a team, and I bet this on the look ahead, so I I wasn't taking week seven into account, but the Cowboys, they easily could have lost this game to the Lions. You know, like I, I their defense is great. Their offense is still finding its way. And, you know, some of that is maybe rust with, with Dak coming back, whatever it is. But the Cowboys offense really did not look good. The Bears, I think, actually have a, a decent defense 10 is a lot of points. And I, I think the Cowboys are one of the few good teams in the league. Like I do, I have them power rated as the number mm. four team. Uh, I think they're not all that far off from the Eagles, but there are very few teams in the NFL this season who should be favored by a touchdown or more. And I just don't know if the Cowboys are quite in that tier yet. And based on what happens tonight, I could be hating myself tomorrow with this position. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I probably will be, but this again, (laughs) feels like the Carolina Panthers position going against the Buccaneers of just, you know, a a double digit underdog, just bet it and hold your nose knowing that more often than not this season, that bet is going to cash. All right. uh, Let's see tomorrow. If you hate yourself in the morning, the Miami Dolphins. I always always hate myself in the morning. It just depends on the reason why we record at this hour. (laughs) It's the best version of Friedman. It's my favorite podcast version. The Miami Dolphins four and three picking up a win last night. Uh, They are three and a half point favorites on the road against Detroit. The Lions going in the wrong direction. Not enough grit, I guess, at the end of the day. Uh, They are now one and five again at home. Three and a half point dogs. 50 is the number for this game, a pretty hefty number here, and especially with that Detroit Lions defense on hand. Now, if you like uh, the weird upset, plus 145 on the money line, but Freeman, what do you see when you look at the look-ahead numbers here early on? Is there any value on either side of Miami-Detroit? 
I have this at 3.25, so I'm not really seeing any value here. And and by the way, uh, shout out on Fitz for uh, getting the the pick right in the the Sunday night football game of Pittsburgh versus Miami. Oh. That was such a tilting game because uh, it really could have gone either way, you know, uh, in terms of, of how that game played out. But uh, I don't see well, any well, value maybe if, here. If Pittsburgh maybe actually caught an interception or two, it would have gone another way, possibly. That, that I mean, You can't have those moments. You can't drop those moments no pun intended like you just can't do it those are the ones that change the momentum of a game and when you get more than one and you fail twice that's it you just yeah. typically don't come back from that all right go ahead early value you see none anything else you want to add to this bad boy no i see nothing okay pat fitzmorris put the glasses on what do you see yeah i mean if uh miami's three and a half point favorites i i saw it i three on DraftKings. Um, if I could get it at three and a half, maybe I've got some interest in taking the Lions as a home dog, uh, you know, getting that sort of key half point. Um, but yeah, I think the line's pretty spot on. Like Friedman, I, I had this, I mean, I've got, what, the total's 50. I've got it at 50. Uh, and I've got Miami as a three-point favorite. So no more than half a point. Could the total surprisingly underperform? And the only reason I bring that up is because you still have to kind of shaking some of the, the rust off. We saw it in the game. There's moments where he looked good, moments where he made some, you know, questionable decisions. But also, I'm on Ross St. Brown dealing with that concussion issue. He might not That's play. True. DeAndre Swift did not play coming off the bye, which was not a good sign for him. He had that fumble issue with Jamal Williams. This is a very big number. And I think all of us initially see it and go, yeah, that makes sense. But as we look a little bit harder on it, is that actually the way to approach this one? Maybe the under? Yeah, yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Oh, go sorry. Ahead, go Fitz. ahead, Friedman. Oh, I was I know, just gonna... I'm just so happy you're both excited about the point I brought up. That's all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I think we'll see this come down if we get word during the week that maybe Amon Ra isn't going to be able to go. Uh, you know, with the player coming off a concussion on a Sunday, usually it's around 50-50 whether they suit up mm -hmm. the following week. But you know, Amon Ra was coming off a different injury. Maybe they just give him the, the extra week. Uh, DeAndre Swift. So like if there's no Swift and no Amon Ross St. Brown, like that's a lot of explosion gone from the Detroit offense. You've got guys like Khalif Raymond out there, uh, Jamal Williams, who is a you know very good all around running back. But there's just like no explosion to his game, really. He's not going to be getting those long touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, like there's just the Lions will not have the ability to score from anywhere on the field the way they do with like St. Brown and, and Swift out there. And I would. Definitely think that would affect the total. Freeman, what are your thoughts on that 50? Is it time to jump on that now? Yeah, I mean, I have this projected at 50.6, but that doesn't take into account Amon Ross St. Brown, right. DeAndre Swift. So if there's anything, this is the highest total on the slate. And if there's anything <laughs> we've learned this season is that football <laughs> can be really bad and boring sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and so I think if there is a side, it's the under. I feel like we got spoiled last year. was so magnificent. The playoffs were so magnificent. And I feel like this is our penance for it somehow. I guess it's that old Brooklyn Catholic Italian in me where I got to say, you had nice things. Now you got to go sit and you got to, you know, do a hundred rosaries and think about all the things you did last year. All right, let's go to Arizona and Minnesota, Minnesota coming off the bye. They are five and one in the driver's seat for that division. Earmuffs fits earmuffs, uh, Arizona, is four-point underdogs heading to Minnesota in this one. They pulled off a victory themselves. DeAndre Hopkins back this past week and certainly saw his fair share of work right out of the gate. 48.5 is the number for this one, plus 165 on the money line if you like the Arizona Cardinals to upset. Uh, Friedman, let's start with you on this one. Uh, 48.5, to me, this one feels like more of an over. Is it time to jump on this line now? 
48 and a half. I have this at 47.7. You know, I'm, I'm in that same neighborhood. I'm probably not betting it. What I am betting, uh, already bet again on the look ahead, mad at myself. I didn't get it at six. I got it at five and a half. I'm very much on the Cardinals in this spot as disgusting as it is. Uh, you bet on cliff Kingsbury when he's on the road, when he's an underdog and when he's a road underdog, this is the perfect situation in his career. I don't know what it is because I don't think it has anything to do with him. I think it has to do with like the game state and Kyler Murray taking over, but cliff Kingsbury 15, three and two against the spread as a road underdog. Like, wow. That's, that's, that's significant. Stunning. That Yeah. It's stunning for a guy who just seemingly can't get out of his way, but it like in, <laughs> in this situation, like as a home home favorite, he's absolutely horrible. As a road dog, he's like one of the best coaches in the league. So uh, I'm very much on him in this spot. I have this projected at uh, 3.5. So I do think that there's some value here, a little bit of value, but really it's just like I, I want to be on the Cardinals in this spot. All right. Uh, after hearing that number, Pat Fitzmorris, what are your thoughts on this contest? Oh, man, I like Friedman has driven home this point about Kingsbury before, and he's so right about it. Uh, but I, I like I just don't want to bet the Cardinals at all after basically <laughs> the the way they needed to what needed to happen for them to win that game against the Saints, 42 to 34. Not exactly decisively, but like Andy Dalton throws four interceptions. Two of them get returned for touchdowns like the Cardinals did everything they could to give that game away. And yet on the other side, I mean, the Vikings, yeah, Joe, it, it obviously makes me upset that the uh, Vikings are well ahead of the Packers in the standings and probably have the NFC North in hand this year. But the Vikings are absolutely living a lie. I mean, they're five and one. They're two and four against the spread. Like they're, I think they're 17th in total DVOA. Like this is a completely average team masquerading as a good team. And so like... <laughs> <sighs> and maybe that's why the total, the the number is as modest as it is. I think most people would look at this and say like, wow, the Vikings are only favored by four against, you know, this very mediocre Cardinal team. Um, like at first, at first blush, you know what I think of the Vikings and I'm still inclined to bet them even at, I understand you know, e even thinking they're pretty mediocre, but uh, you know, Friedman has, has pointed out the cliff thing time and again, I'm probably just going to walk away from this game. Like, All I, right, just, like I, I would feel bad about betting on either team here. That's what a reasonable person should do. I'm, I'm clearly not reasonable. <laughs> oh, no, that, that ship has sailed yeah. many, many weeks ago. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets on site credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help 
in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. All right, let's go to Las Vegas Raiders. You know, we talked about this, Pat, you and I, I want to say on one of the FP shows earlier this week where it feels like to us that the Raiders might be this team that comes out of the bye and starts to put some things together. It might not always be pretty, but it's going to improve. They got a victory. They're going to take on the New Orleans Saints who talk about not being able to get out of their own way. We assume Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. That seems to be the way things are trending here. 47 and a half is the over-under. If you like New Orleans to win at home, it's plus 110 on the money line. They are two-point underdogs, though, at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Pat Fitzmorris, let's talk about Vegas and New Orleans. Do you see opportunity here? Is that opportunity just to bet the Saints on the money line? Or do you think that this Raider trend out of the bye is going to continue into a second week in a row? I do think there's opportunity to bet the Saints on the money line. I've got this one projected basically even. I think it should be a pick em. And um, I, the Saints have been undervalued, in my opinion, all year. And they they should have bumped off the Cardinals. Like, I I bet the Saints last Thursday night, continuing a, a Thursday night losing streak I'm on. And, uh, like, I still feel like it was the right bet. Give Marque- Marquez Callaway doesn't let a ball slip through his fingers and, and turn into a pick six. Um, it like that very easily could have gone the other way. And, uh, on the other hand, though, I, I have been guilty of undervaluing this Raiders team. Like you, you have to say the Raiders have one of the better offenses in the league because they can do it through the air. They can do it on the ground. Like this is a multifaceted Raider team. And I bet the under on that Raiders Texans team, cause I thought it was sort of the, uh, you know, the Raiders souped up pace of like scoring a lot of points, getting a lot of yards and having this sort of civ like defense versus the Texans who just turn everything into a rock fight. And I thought the Texans were going to like turn it into a rock fight successfully. And I was completely wrong. It was they just, just don't up and done. Anybody yeah. I mean, if you watch that game, it's just like, they have no inclination to tackle. Anybody. Nope. Like, they are. That, I, that stuff's going to crush you. It's gonna right. Crush you. I, I think the Texans are leading the league in missed tackles. If I'm, they, uh, I didn't even yeah, know that for sure. I mean, just yeah, by was, watching, if they weren't the leading the league in break uh, missed tackles, then it would be absurd. Like it was the way the Falcons used to be in the last couple of years where you'd watch the games, you'd watch just the lack of uh, aggression towards the other team where he's just like, Oh, you're going to run. You know what? Why don't you just go, just go. I don't care. You just run. You go and score that touchdown. You go ahead and score it. Friedman winning's contagious, but losing's also contagious. The saints have lost two in a row here. You start to hear the voices. I feel like this is kind of a, a big game here for the saints. And I, I mean, we are in week eight. This is kind of that fork in the road where if the Saints take another L here, their season could sort of unravel. I mean, it's it's right on that precipice. Michael Thomas has not played in weeks. We don't know if he's ever going to play again. I don't know what's going on there. So what do you see in this one? What's the projection model have you at this week on this contest? Yeah, I'm very similar to Fitz in that I think there's opportunity on the Saints. I bet them early. I bet them at two and a half. Uh, I think they should be slightly favored in this game. Um, like slight favorites, but close to a pick them, uh, you know, at home. I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think that Raiders defense is all that great. Their, um, their offense is good. And I would say like, if they're, they're not a top 10 team, 
but they are kind of on the precipice. They're like, you know, somewhere in 11 through 14. Uh, so I think they're an above average team. Their offense is good, but the Saints at home and just like Derek Carr historically has been horrible as an underdog in his career. I think he's 15, 25 and two against the spread as an underdog. I'm I, sorry, as a favorite, as a favorite. So like Derek Carr is a favorite. I just, I want to be betting against him in that spot. And even outside of that, I would still think that there's value in this position on the Saints. But I'm not I taking like the if, motivational factors into account. Sure. I, I wonder if he sees himself as the underdog in this game, though. You know, Vegas doesn't see them. But I, I feel like the Raiders are kind of wearing that underdog moniker because of their record and because of the hype that didn't happen and a lot of the media noise. So although they are favorites on paper, I feel like they're underdogs in their heart. We'll see what happens there. The New England Patriots, 3-3 three and three against the juggernaut New York Jets. 5-2 and two in New York. That's right. Uh, now, they don't have Brees Hall anymore, so Michael Carter is going to go back to getting that workload. Ty Johnson, I'm sure, is going to work as well. Uh, the New England Patriots, regardless, are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Now, typically in these contests, Zach Wilson completes a lot of balls to the New England Patriots. We've seen that time and time again when these two teams match up. Friedman, when you're looking at this one, the number's 41. If you like the Jets for the upset, you're getting even money on it. Do you think New England goes in there and teaches a lesson to the Jets? Or do you think this new look Jets and that defense can bring the Patriots kind of down to their level a little bit and somehow eke out a victory? So I do have the the Patriots favored in this spot by two and a half. Uh, the early line last night was one. And it was that's similar to what we saw in the look ahead market. And so because it, it wasn't anywhere near a key number and I don't have my projection past a key number, I decided not to bet it just to kind of see which direction the market would go. Uh, so it, it has moved towards the Patriots, which is you know where I'm showing value here. So I, I might bet it, but given that we're not near a key number, uh, I'm probably just staying away. But if I'm on any side here, it is the Patriots. Pat, are you on the Patriots side too, or do you think this Jets team is kind of just rolling downhill right now? Yeah, uh, I man, like I don't want to get caught doubting the Jets again, but how do they move the ball without Brees Hall? I mean, Zach Wilson is just now. Yeah, Zach Wilson has looked so bad, and like Brees Hall gave them an explosive dimension to their running game. Like he was not just good; he was explosive. Like a sixty point or a sixty two yard touchdown run early in that game against Denver in a game where just a little bit of offense was going to do the trick. And so where does that offense come from now? Michael Carter is good, but he's not going to generate those types of plays as often as Brees Hall. So I'm concerned about how the Jets offense hangs here. Obviously, I'm not too uh, excited about the Patriots offense either. It's slow <laughs> and plotting and just basically trying to sledgehammer you to death. So uh, like I'm staying away from the side here interested in the under yet again like a lot of these low total unders uh you know set at 40 or 41 and i'm looking at the two teams thinking how are they possibly going to get to 40 and this is another one of those games the undefeated philadelphia eagles six and zero at home 10 and a half point favorites against their state counterpart the pittsburgh steelers so uh kenny pickett you know continues to show some moments and i think that's all going to go in the right direction george pickett certainly Another wonderful catch last night for that TD. The number's 44. I mean, look, this seems to be a very clear-cut situation where the Eagles coming off a bye, a very complete team in a situation where they should win this game handily. But, Pat, we've seen this time and time again, sometimes where that is not the case. Do you feel that this 10.5 is a safe number? 
I don't feel like it's a safe number, Joe. Uh, Friedman gave me credit earlier for being right about the Steelers <laughs> on Sunday night against the Dolphins. But I mean, let's face it, that felt like a very Weasley cover. One of those bets you <laughs> were probably wrong about and still win anyway. So I cannot take any credit for that. I'm going to uh, kindly thank Friedman and, and let him keep that credit in his pocket for now. Um, boy, I've got this at uh, 10 in my early projections and uh you know the the total is kind of right on to i'm i'm probably not touching this one but i i feel like i've been giving the steelers too much credit uh, like the the eagles are definitely close to 10 points better here and coming off a bye you know presumably healthier than they were going in i'm definitely not betting against the eagles here but you know i i kind of also don't want to bet on them at the big number well, here's the question, too. Some teams come out healthier from the bye, but sometimes they come out flat. If they do, does this 44 kind of end up playing to an under, surprisingly? It could. Um, yeah, but man, the Philly's got one of the best offenses in football. And Pittsburgh's defense, like we've seen, there are holes. Like Philly could definitely throw up 35 or 40 points in this game. So, um, you know, with their ability to almost hit this number by themselves, I don't think I can bet the under here. Friedman, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I have this slightly to the over 44.3. So it's not like I'm really taking a position there either way. But I obviously I am disgusting enough to take a position when there's basically the same margin of value uh, on the, the spread. Uh, I am on the uh, the Eagles in this spot. And I did uh, I did bet it in the look ahead market at 10. I, I just saw that number and I was like, you know what? there's a good chance that this goes above 10 later and I'm just going to be kicking myself that I didn't grab it at 10. So I have this projected at 10.75. So given it 10.5, it's not as if there's, you know, I think value there now, but if I had to bet one of these sides, you know, this goes against my don't bet big uh, favorites, but I think the Eagles are one of the few teams in the league that actually do deserve to be big favorites uh, against most opponents or at least bottom feeding opponents. And I think that's what the Steelers are right now. You know, the, the Eagles, and then I think the chiefs, the bills, those are the three teams that deserve to be big favorites against bad teams, uh, when they are at home. And I think, uh, it checks the box here. So 10.75, you're probably not betting it now, but if at some point this does dip down to 10, I, I would grab it at that number. The Tennessee Titans are at top of their division right now. They are three and a half point favorites as they travel to the Houston Texans. So uh, I don't know how plucky you guys think the Texans are anymore. 41 is the number. If you like Houston for the upset plus 165 Friedman, you know, sometimes there's these letdown games, right? Where you have those big in-division opponents, right? Where you're battling at the top and then you go take on the Texans and you're like, yeah, it's the Texans. Is there any letdown here potentially in this one for Tennessee? Maybe I have this projected at 2.25. So I, hmm. I've bet it, wow. you know, I'm, I'm that sick of, I've, <laughs> I've bet Houston plus three and a half. Uh, and you know, I, Tennessee, yeah, they got a tough win, but you know, it was a divisional opponent. It was a rematch. You know, they had already played each other. They were at home. So, you know, weird stuff happens in division and you know, it's not that weird for the idea of Houston beating a divisional opponent. Who's not all that good when Houston's hosting, that's not that crazy. Okay. How do you see this one, Pat, when you're looking ahead here? Do you see Tennessee coming out and just rolling over and taking care of business or maybe just a little bit of a letdown? On the surface, I kind of see it the same way Friedman does, where maybe there's a little bit of value on the Texans. But uh, I was driving around in the car on Saturday night listening to a Tennessee beat writer talk about the Titans. And uh, 
how the offensive line has slipped. And, you know, that's why Derek Henry has not been as effective as he has in the past. And there are all these holes on defense and, you know, which is true. I think the Titans are like 17th in DVOA against the run or 19th in DVOA against the pass or vice versa. Like they're slightly below average on defense. And every time I look at the Titans and whatever their line is, I want to bet against them. Like, I just don't believe in the team at all. And then every time they surprise, they're four and two. They're leading the division. They're four and two against the spread. They were the number one seeds in the AFC last year at 12 and five, which seems absolutely ludicrous. Mike Vrabel just gets things done. Like he takes care of business. And so when I see that there's like a little bit of value in Houston, like every instinct is to pounce on it. But I think I'm just going to show respect to Mike Vrabel and walk away from this one. That's fair. Actually, I got to say, like, that's probably the smart thing. There are certain teams where it's just like, you know what? There's something going on with this team that I can't really quantify. And I feel yep. like it's a similar case, like with the Giants, where it's just like they're somehow yeah, winning games. It's, you yeah. know, yeah, it's a, yeah something with the culture. And you can try to take that into account in some sort of power rating by by moving it in some direction that's not really accounted for based on like your EPA numbers or whatever it is that you're taking into account. But uh, yeah, like Pat, Pat is right. Like the smart thing would be to say like, do I really want to be betting on Houston in the spot and then just to walk away? But I'm, I'm not smart. So I, I am, I am betting on Houston in the spot, but like, I probably shouldn't. Friedman, I'm going to task you in the off season with finding a metric that measures heart. I want you to find that. I <laughs> want you to figure that out. All right. Ritometer. That's your off season. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the EKG. What's the EKG of the, all right, let's get to Washington and Indianapolis. Uh, the Washington commander is a stunning victory at home. Mm. They are still four point underdogs, regardless traveling to Indianapolis. who is three, three and one 41 and a half is the number. If you like Washington to just keep the good times rolling with Brett Rippon, it's plus plus one seventy five. Uh, Friedman, let's start with you again on this one here. Uh, the commanders and the Colts, uh, is it time to just go right back to assuming that the commanders are the commanders, or do you see potentially a little bit of value here on their side? So the early line on this last night was four and a half. It's moved to four. The look ahead was six and that's where I <laughs> bet it on Washington. Well but, done. <laughs> you know, four, four and a half four. I, I see that basically where it should be. I have this projected at four and a half. So if I hadn't gotten it on the look ahead, I would be staying away at this point. Okay. Pat, same thing. Has the ship already sailed on this one for you? Yeah, I have this right at four and a half and the total is right on. And both of these teams, I mean, if we're getting Friedman to develop the gridometer, maybe I can work on a trustometer for betting purposes. <laughs> both of these, both of these teams would register extremely low on the trustometer. Like I'm not sure they would even register. So I'm not, I'm not betting this one. All right, let's walk away. Let's go to Los Angeles instead. The Los Angeles Rams, three and three against the San Francisco 49ers. Now the Rams at home are still, as they should be, underdogs, plus one and a half. Because why? The San Francisco 49ers are their daddy in the regular season every single time. How many times do we have to get beat over the head with it? I don't know. 42 is the number. They have Christian McCaffrey now with a full week of practice. Uh, this one seems kind to me with the one and a half fits. I don't know how you see this. If you like the Rams to win on the money lines, plus 110, but I don't. Until it's proven otherwise, I'm just going to continue to stay the course. Fitz, are you staying the course with the 49ers and their new toy Christian McCaffrey now? Totally with you, Joe. I've got this projected at uh, 49ers should be a two and a half point favorite. And that's not even factoring in the who's your daddy uh, dimension of this. So, mm. yeah, I, I am taking the 49ers. And I think it's like a gift that this number is as low as it is. Friedman, your thoughts on this number? 
So this is one point where Fitz and I have a really, uh, a pretty wide divergence in what we're seeing here. I have this, I hate to say it. I have the Rams as 1.75 favorites at home. Wow. And, but I will say, <laughs> I will say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the look ahead market, this was, I was right on the number. And, uh, you know, this was like one, one and a half in the look ahead market uh, favoring the Rams. And so I saw that number and I was like, you know what, regardless of whatever my projections say, I want to be on Kyle Shanahan against the Rams as a road underdog. Like he's like Cliff Kingsbury in that way as a road underdog Shanahan crushes. So I, I did bet this, uh, plus one and a half on the look ahead market on the 49ers. And now it's flipped. So the thing is I do see value in the Rams, but like, I don't, if I had to bet it now, I would bet the Rams, but I would just hate myself. And I would say like, you know what? I haven't adjusted my number low enough to account for the fact that like their offense has no continuity and their defense is in shambles. Like their defense, I don't know what it is. Like they're not getting any stops. Like they have some big players, but those, those players aren't supplemented with anyone else who's able to make a play. They are a stars and scrubs roster for anybody who plays fantasy. That's what the Rams are. And the problem with those is if your stars don't perform at that high level every single time, the scrubs aren't making up the difference. And I'm again, I'm not calling those guys scrubs. I'm saying this is just the, the theoretical yeah. um, complimentation of this team. Like this is how they've put it together. Uh, seven and one, by the way, the 49ers are in their last eight games. That one loss <laughs> is the one in the championship game where they really had it in their grasp and could have, but Jimmy Garoppolo decided to say, and that's the always thing. It's always the Garoppolo factor. I think that gives people pause in these games where you're waiting for Garoppolo to make stupid mistakes like he did yesterday. <clears throat> and you go, Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo could kill this game on his own. But somehow the 49ers always find a way against the Rams. And and uh, Stafford yeah. can absolutely out stupid Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. Is like true. this is that yeah, is the thing. Point. I mean, like talk about a game with a large pick six factor that could turn this spread either way in a heartbeat with these two quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. So that and that's one thing. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just sorry to interrupt there. Here's one thing I will say on the 49ers. Like they are they got miraculously healthy this past week, like on the injury report, a lot of their guys have come back. Trent Williams has come back, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's, there's a very good chance that I haven't adjusted them up enough, uh, given how healthy they are now that said, like they didn't really do anything against the chiefs to make me feel like I needed to adjust them drastically in the power ratings. So I haven't take this Friedman for whatever it's worth. I don't think anybody in the NFC, maybe the Eagles at this point, maybe, Makes me feel like they can compete with any of those juggernaut teams in the AFC. I'm talking the Chiefs. I'm talking the Bills. I mean, heck, you know, the Bengals keep kind of turning things around the way they are right now, the way they're looking the last two weeks. I'm just saying, I feel like the NFC is just kind of like redheaded stepchild a little bit. Like, I just don't know how good those teams are. That's fair, but you're at home. You know, you're going against the team that beat you in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You've got your left tackle back. You just traded for Christian McCaffrey. Go keep it close. You know, like. That's all I'm saying. And not, not that you need to get the win is not happy with the 49ers. He is but going just, straight to the media after this game. I could just tell you make right. it a one score game. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know how Friedman's model has the, the Rams favored by that much. Like, does your model have Eric Dickerson <laughs> at running back for the Rams? Right now? <laughs> oh, 
Fitz it's, is on fire yeah. today. You could catch him in the Poconos, by the way, this summer if you're looking. All right, the, the New York Football Giants six and one taking on the four and three Seattle Seahawks. Is there a better story in the NFL than Geno Smith? I don't know if there is. They're not going to have DK Metcalf. I don't know how long, but they're not going to have for this game. I can tell you that. Regardless, the Seahawks two and a half point favorites in this one. Forty six and a half is the number. If you like the Giants to just keep on winning, because that's what the Giants do. It's plus one fourteen. So Cinderella's meet here in this matchup. Uh, Fitz, I'm just going to ask you this straight up. Is the wrong team favorite in this game? No, I mean, I I do think it should be Seattle. Like both of these teams have overachieved big time. Seattle is, uh, I mean, their season to me in a lot of ways is more remarkable than the Giants season. Like I, I thought Seattle was just going to be absolute trash this year. And uh, they've overachieved on defense and offensively, they've actually been potent. So I think they deserve to be favored, but I've got them as a smaller favored favorite than what the line shows. Um, I've got Seattle's a two point favorite in this one. So maybe a little bit of value on the giants and who can argue with the results they've gotten so far. I mean, betting the giants has been uh, good business. So uh, I probably will bet the giants on this one, but uh, you know, Seattle is Seattle's a, a very live team. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I'm, much less inclined to bet against the Seahawks than I was the first few weeks of the season where I kind of paid for it. All right, uh, Friedman, your thoughts on the Giants Seattle. You like the Giants maybe on the plus 114. That's a pretty good number you're getting there. Yeah, I like the Giants in the spot. And I'm I'm angry that it's moved to three at DraftKings, three minus 120, where uh, you know, maybe if I'd been just a little more patient. Uh, I would have, you know, gotten that, but whatever. I'm on the Giants at, at two and a half. I had like Fitz. I have this projected at two, so I, I do think there's a little bit of value there. And, you know, underdogs have been the side this season. Uh, they are 60, 45, and one against the spread this year. And Daniel Jones, as a road underdog, is 13 and four against the spread for his career. Like that, that dude literally Giant, has I the, like dog the Giants in him. outright. I think the wrong team's favorite of this one. I just do. Uh, it Sometimes things just don't make sense. We talked about it. You know, just got to roll with the punches. All right. In perhaps what was the dumbest uh, post-game interview comment that I saw all day yesterday, Aaron Rodgers said, and I quote, I think this is exactly what we need. We need to go to Buffalo and travel there. I think this is what that team needs to go out there. And uh, that's what we need. We need to play the Buffalo Bills off a of bye. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Have you watched your team play Aaron Rodgers? I don't know what's going on here. You are 10 and a half point underdogs in this game. So careful what you wish for, Mr. Rodgers. Uh, this is a 47 and a half. If you like the Green Bay Packers to win outright and you're drinking the same tea as Aaron Rodgers, it's plus 400 on the money line. I'm going to give Pat some time to marinate on this one. Friedman, let's start with you. Uh, is Mr. Rodgers anywhere close in this neighborhood to the 10 and a half? Uh, I have this at 11 and a half. I did have it at 10 and a half before uh, week seven, but you know, the Packers continue. I, I'm going to bump them down aggressively now. You know, I, I was steadfast in holding the line on the power ratings early on in the season when they weren't looking great. And now I'm making up for it aggressively uh, each week, whenever they suck. And this line was eight and a half in the look ahead market. And I, I pounced on it because I was just like, look, the Packers could suck again this week, and this could be above 10. So very happy to have the uh, the Bills at 8.5. I still think they offer value at 10.5. All right, Fitz, I gave you some extra time to collect your thoughts and your feelings. Please share with the group. Uh, 
yeah, well, I'm certainly not betting on Green Bay at this point in the season, <laughs> Joe, and I'm inclined to just, uh, although I do have this at 10 and a half, um, like I believe as Friedman does, like the, the bills are probably the better value here, but maybe when Rogers was talking about that, I can think of a specific game he probably had in mind. And that was when the Packers went to Arizona last year. I think the Cardinals were like eight and one or nine and one at the time for a Thursday night game. And the Packers did not have Devonte Adams, who I believe was out with turf toe. They didn't have David Bakhtiari at left tackle. They didn't have Jair Alexander for that game. They were severely shorthanded and they went out and beat the Cardinals who at the time people were talking about as being Super Bowl favorites. Now we know the Cardinals turned out to be not that good and, and basically fell apart after that loss. Um, that is a blueprint, I guess, if you're looking for a Packer upset here, I don't see a Packer upset happening. They're just too limited offensively and the bills just too explosive offensively. By the, the way, logic is sound, by the way, but the uh, application of said logic against the said Buffalo Bills coming off said by is said insane. Yes, Friedman. Yeah, by the way, I, I got to say, uh, for the past few weeks, I've absolutely loved listening to Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast uh, on, on Mondays oh and uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesdays. It's just like each week, it's just like, you can hear them getting more and more depressed. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's a hilarious listen. The only difference is Tom Brady still sits on a pile of rings and Aaron Rodgers has one at the end of the day. So like Tom Brady's going to be depressed, but how, how depressed can you be if you're Tom Brady? I mean, some things in his life aren't going well, but still like, let's think about that. You've won all these championships for Rodgers. I think the frustration is, you know, you've kind of created this universe and this is what happens sometimes too. in those teams where you, where you pay the quarterback a ton of money. It's very hard to surround them with all the pieces you need to win in a 53-man roster. I think it's what hurt the Chiefs this year, too. Like, you start to see that the caps start to affect the yeah. roster as a whole. And whenever that starts to happen, it's why these young – it's why the Jalen Hurts Eagles are so good because you can afford to go out there and do lots of other things. It's why the early Mahomes teams were so good. The Josh Allen teams are so good. Once you start paying the quarterback that exorbitant amount of money, the, the Brady Patriots stayed so good for years and years because Brady always took pay cuts and, and they surrounded him with more talent. Go ahead. Yeah. Chris, I can see you're chopping at the bit here. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't want to give Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst a pass for saying, you know, it's, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers' cap number. That's like keeping them from improving the personnel. I mean, obviously the Jordan love decision was completely mind boggling, mind bogglingly stupid. You sign one free agent wide receiver in the offseason, and it's Sammy Watkins. And you you draft, <laughs> you spend one early draft pick on a wide receiver, and it's the one wide receiver least ready to contribute immediately in Christian Watson, who could turn out to be a terrific player. But I mean, like he was the greenest of all the top wide receiver mm-hmm. prospects. And so like it's it's just been a series of stupefyingly bad draft decisions. <laughs> is a terrible drafter. He's just a, like, I mean, I think he's like a Ryan Pace level general manager, which hurts me to say as a Packers fan, but uh, Gutekunst is terrible at his job. So it's not all about the Rogers cat number. By Where's opinion. Ron Wolf? Maybe we can get him back here. By the way, the Bills and Packers are on Sunday night football. Do we really think that Josh Allen isn't going to get pumped up for Sunday night football? I mean, geez. All right, let's get to this last one here. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Cleveland Browns. The Cincinnati Bengals seem to be going in the right direction after a really tough start to the season. They are three point favorites on the road. 
47 is the number. If you like the Browns for the upset, and I don't, it's plus 135. But Fitz, what do you see in this contest here? Any value in the look ahead? I do. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. Uh, I've got them as a three and a half point favorite. They have scored 27 or more points in four of their last five. The only time where they failed to hit that number uh, was in their 1917 loss to the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. And the, the Browns defense is really bad. Like, I think the, the Bengals have it clicking and they're just going to march up and down the field. All right, Friedman, your thoughts on this game here? Yeah, as Fitz was talking, I was betting on this game. So the line is three, and I, I have it at 3.75, which is enough for me to to think that betting on it is value here. Uh, totally with him. Uh, the Bengals have looked rejuvenated as they've shifted their offensive philosophy, just putting Burrow in the shotgun, not so much abandoning the run, but abandoning the style of running game that they have. And uh, it's really freed up the offense where they can just uh, let him rip it. And he's he's crushing in the passing game right now. All right. Uh, let's recap everything here with our three favorite look ahead bets. If you have three this week, Friedman, you're up first. What are the three things or, or two or one even that you want to lock in here early on, regardless of how disgusting you might feel? Man, uh, the Saints definitely there uh, at plus two, plus two and a half. Uh, I have this projected for the Saints as slight favorites. I think Fitz has it at around a pick them, but that's definitely one that I would be wanting to bet. Uh, and then, yeah, Houston, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to say I'm going to stick with that one. I'm going to say with the Saints right now. All right. How about you, Pat? What do you want to lock in here at the end of the day? Saints at plus two for sure. Uh, and then I think I'm inclined to do a couple of these unders that we were talking about, Joe. like Panthers, Falcons. That one just jumps out. I, I don't see how that one gets to uh, yeah, like anywhere close to 40. Um, no, actually, I'll take that back. And for a third one, I want to jump on the Buccaneers. Like, okay. I think they are going to come <laughs> roaring back coming off that humiliation like this. They're they've got issues, but they're too good to, uh, you know, swallow a loss like that and not be feisty the next week. Okay, you All know, right. I've got one more. I've got one okay. more here uh, in the spirit of unders. Uh, Jacksonville, Denver, under 40. Again, I yes. have that projected in like around 38 yeah, yeah. or so, 38 and a half. I think there's value there. 100% agree. There you have it. That's the early look ahead for week eight. If you need more help, and of course, we're always here for you when you do, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Betting Pros. And also don't forget to go to bettingpros.com, check out all the great content, and of course, find all the best lines for you to wager upon. And we also have that prop bet cheat sheet too for every single game, the projections versus Vegas, how to take advantage of them. Well, that's the prop bet cheat sheet. And of course, thanks to BetMGM, the sponsor of the show, the king of sports books, download the BetMGM app today. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matt and Pat, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.